The reading today is taken from John chapter 14, verses 1 through to 14. And this is on page 1022 of your Green Bibles. Jesus comforts his disciples. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. My father's house has plenty of room. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, all who have faith in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. Great, Alice. Thank you very much indeed for, for reading. I'd love you to have that passage open in front of you. Page 1022, John 14. As we complete and conclude our series in John, we'll return to him, as you'll see from the term card, uh, towards the end of the summer term. But we're having a break from John uh, in, the, in the meantime. But as we look at this final I am saying of Jesus, let's uh, bow our heads for a word of prayer. Ask God by his spirit to teach us and encourage us. Father, these extraordinary words of Jesus, in some senses familiar and yet still a challenge to us. Lord, by your spirit, help us to get inside your word, to feed on your word, to be empowered for life that glorifies your name. For Jesus' sake. Amen. Well, I don't know what it is. Is it the, uh, the clock's going forward? We lose an hour's sleep. We kind of wake up on this Sunday every year, don't we? It's a touch resentful. Uh, maybe it's just the weather. I mean, it has just been so cold and you know, biting winds and wet and grim. And it just seems like winter's gone on forever and ever and ever. British summertime, we laugh cynically. <laughs> I wish the weather would catch up. 
or maybe it is actually uh, if those are kind of surface things actually deeper things that are testing us and troubling us at this time we are under significant stress maybe at work we're in a job that just doesn't quite seem to fit what we can do or what we feel we are or maybe we're not in work and that's the cause of uh, distress we feel in some way dislocated and and, and isolated We're, we're tempted to feel perhaps alone others don't understand what we're going through the situation we're in others don't understand us how good it is to have people around us who who know us who love us who accept us warts and all as they say that's been the story of the disciples up until now Jesus who's come from the father's chest John tells us in his prologue the word of God made flesh has nevertheless chosen this rather higgledy-piggledy band of followers with all their different anomalies and character flaws and he's been with them and he's loved them he's taught them through his words through his example through his miraculous signs and uh, in keeping with the custom of the day they have attached themselves to him as as their kind of rabbi their teacher Um, unlike here this rather can you get me oh there we are Uh, sort of post enlightenment we we, we tend to think of education purely in cerebral terms Uh, I get a book and I just sort of read that or I go to a lecture or something like that where was I Oh, that's right, knowledge and learning. And uh, we, we tend to sort of say it's rather, rather divorced from the rest of us. I just sort of feed my mind. But in um, Jesus' day, and the, the kind of uh, Jewish, Hebraic understanding, was, was, it was a whole life education. So you attach yourself to a rabbi and you learn everything from him. Not just his words of wisdom, but the way in which he puts the wisdom into practice. How does he pace his day? What decisions does he make? How does he come to make those decisions? What uh, fills him with joy? What causes him to despair? All, how does he handle that? And uh, you learned all these things from the rabbi to whom you attached yourself 24-7, we might say. And Jesus' followers are troubled. Look at verse 1 of chapter 14. Jesus says to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. That's how we know they were they're troubled because just flick back a page Jesus in verse 33 of chapter 13 the right hand side there Jesus has just told them something that's going to change the tone of the next few hours for them as they hang on his every words my children he says I will be with you only a little longer you will look for me and just as I told the Jews so I tell you now where I'm going you cannot come what? You can almost hear them saying, but we've left everything to follow you. And in following you, you know, you have become, in a sense, the source of our our whole life learning. You know, you have become so much to us. And now you're going, and you're going to a place where we can't follow. They they are truly troubled. The one who has been ever-present amongst them. The one who has begun to reveal heaven to them. Peter has said, you are the one who has the words of eternal life. There's something about the way you teach and what you teach and who you are 
that makes sense, that speaks to our deepest being. And now you're going? No wonder they're troubled. And here is Jesus' antidote to troubled hearts. Do you feel this morning slightly distant from God? You understand the sort of many of the teachings and what the church would say. You can sort of um, join in with the creed. But somehow it just all seems a little distant, a little bit removed. You feel slightly isolated in your own world. Troubled. Troubled in heart. Well, here is Jesus' antidote. Trust. Trust. Do not let your hearts be troubled, first one. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Trust in God because he has revealed himself to the people of Israel as the great I am. The ever-present God. The God who rescues from the bondage of Egypt, who ushers into the promised new land. And Jesus has come, and as we've already seen, he, he, he adopts. He inhabits, he indwells that I am of God. Jesus says, I am the I am of God. The Christ, the anointed one, the savior, who will come and rescue not just Israel, but the whole of mankind from the bondage of sin, so that they might live in the new life, more than just the new land. Jesus says, I am. And that's why we trust him we trust him for who he is in response to Thomas his question verse 5 Jesus says I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me the antidote to troubled hearts is trust trust in God trust in Jesus because of who he is he is firstly the way to God the father that in direct response to Peter's question again just over the page verse 36 Simon Peter asked him Lord where are you going and uh, in verse 5 of our reading Thomas says to him Lord we don't know where you're going so how can we know the way and Jesus answered those questions I am the way I am the way gloriously solving the great issue that runs through every page of scripture gloriously dealing with the fact of sin it's because of what he's about to do that he is the way to the father sin you know is a relating word it describes the disruption between our relationship that's occurred within our relationship us and God the God of life and as human beings have veered away from worshipping the one true God of life to false idols that hold out the promise of life as we eat this or wear that or buy that or live in this image, adopt this status, thinking that therein we'll find life and satisfaction only to find emptiness and ultimately despair. And so we're faced time and time again with the consequence of drifting away from the God of life. Separation. And what is the ultimate definition of separation from life? Well, the ultimate de definition of separation from life is death. That's why sin is linked ultimately to death. 
And God in his grace with the people of Israel has done something about that. And so within the covenant structures, a death is provided for a perfect animal. Its life is sacrificed by the priest. And the animal's death atones for the sin of the people. Makes us at one with God. This is rehearsing things that I know you're familiar with. But here we are, as John has already pointed out, Passover time. Jesus, the perfect lamb of God, is going to act as the once for all substitute. His death is going to deal forever with the barrier of sin. So that the way is open to God the Father for us. Jesus, the good shepherd, is actually going to lay down his own life for the sheep. His mediating death removes the barrier between us and God. His resurrection releases us from the fear of death that hangs over our sin. God, through the events of Easter, has not abolished death, but he has forever transformed it. Death no longer need hold us in its thrall or fear. We no longer need to be troubled that all of our life activity will wind up for nothing. As we pop our clogs and die in a physical sense. Because Jesus Christ is the way to God through his death on the cross. Heaven is open. For God so loved the world, John has rehearsed in chapter 3 of his gospel. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. I'm the way, Jesus says, to that everlasting life. Not life that goes on and on and on forever. This sort of concept that we're young for a bit, then we're middle-aged for a bit, then we're old forever and ever and ever. Creaking joints and uh, goodness knows what, forever. No, it's not eternal life like the prolonging of life. It's eternal life as in the intensification of the Christian experience of life. That which we know to be good just gets better and better and better. An intensification of the Christian experience of life is what Jesus has come to open the way for. We trust who he is because he says, I am the way to God the Father. Secondly, we trust who Jesus is as an antidote to troubled hearts because he is the truth about the Father. I am the way to the Father. I am the truth about the Father. We can trust this because of what he's revealed. John said in his prologue, again, do you remember? It's like the trailer to the main feature. And in chapter 18, uh, sorry, verse 18 of chapter 1, John acknowledges, no one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God and is in the closest relationship with the Father has made him known. One of the sub-themes, if you like, of uh, John's gospel is that we should see how it is that Jesus has made God the Father known to us. And here Jesus outlines for his disciples what he's done. Look at verses 10 and 11. Let's go from verse 9 actually in response to Philip. Jesus says, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time. In other words, I've I've lived with you. I've been your rabbi. You've, You've had access to me. All the time. You've seen who I am and how I've lived. What drives and motivates me. 
ushering in the kingdom of heaven on earth. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Do you see verse 10? Jesus' words. And verse 11, Jesus' works. All pointing to the truth of who he is. And pointing to the truth of the Father. We can trust Jesus because of what he said and what he's done. He is the truth about the Father. Thirdly, we can trust Jesus because he is the life of or from the Father. He's the life of or from the Father. It's difficult to translate which of those it is in the original. Is it the life of God or the life from God? And in a sense, it's both. He's come from the Father, John tells us in the prologue, full of grace and truth. And he is the life of God as he heals the sick, as he opens blind eyes, as he unstops deaf ears, as he takes the old, lank, putrid in a sense, ceremonial washing water of the Jews and transforms it into abundance and glorious new wine a foretaste of heaven which we can have now here on earth he is bringing life supremely Lazarus John chapter 11 as he calls forth Lazarus back from the dead to life as a sign of the new life that is available to all of us. Jesus is not just the way to the Father. He is the life of the Father. We can trust him as the life from and of the Father because of that great gift, the advocate, the ever-present God. Just look at verse uh, 15, just beyond our reading. We've seen this in that uh, Lent series we did on the, the Spirit. The inside out Easter or Lent course. But look at verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you. And be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I'll come to you as the life of the Father. Through my sacrifice. Opening up the way. You may know the truth and live that life. Look at uh, verse 23 of chapter 14. Jesus replies, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them. And we, in other words, well, Trinity, I think, Father, Son, Spirit will come to, make, uh, come to them and make our home with them. John says the word became flesh and dwelt, tabernacled made his presence amongst us and here he uses that language of father and spirit the three in one will will live dwell set up home in the lives of the believers so in response to to thomas uh, and um, peter's question of, of desolation really where are you going implied in that you're, you're leaving us alone H- how will we cope how will we live who will break into my kind of sense of isolation and and loneliness who will understand me and lead me and empower me Jesus says I am 
I am the way. I'm the way to the Father. Not please, not an impersonal set of directions. You, like that, in the, in the, you're in the shopping mall and you're trying to find one or two shops. There's just boutiques and shops and stores everywhere and you, eventually you come to that map, don't you? And it, I don't know about you, but for me, it takes me about five minutes just to find the little arrow that says, you are here. You know, you're sort of scanning around, there's all these keys and symbols and colors and you think, well, where, where? And then you think, well, I am here. And then you've got to try and orient yourself to, to you know, um, opposite boots, but I'm by Smith's and, and you're desperately trying to find where it is that you want to go. And it's just this impersonal map in its coded form. Jesus invites us to far more than just a set of directions. He is the guide that we can come to know personally. He will take us and lead us to the Father. I remember being um, a pilgrim on a, a trip to the Holy Land to parts of uh, Israel to retrace the, the steps of Jesus and the early church and the disciples while I was training at college. And uh, we spent several days in Jerusalem. I don't know if you've ever been to Jerusalem. It's an extraordinary city uh, with all its different quarters and sectors. Um, but it is an assault on the senses. Uh, it, it is uh, a, just a bewildering uh, array of, of smells and sights and sounds. I found it incredibly Noisy. There's a constant hubbub. And uh, all the different streets and alleyways, uh, it would be so easy to get lost there as a visitor. We would have done, we would have been lost several times were it not for our guide who was a local. And uh, so in answer to our question, you know, which way should we go? Where, where should we go? He would say in effect, I am the way. Follow me. And the great thing is, you see, he knows all the little shortcuts. He knows which signs to look at and which not to. He knows exactly how best to get from A to B. If there was a, I remember one time there was a sort of security guard who was basically blocking off the way. We, so we, you know, we, ordinarily we wouldn't have been able to go down there. But he just sort of tipped him a wink and the guard just stood to one side. And we went down this little shortcut. Now, in that context, we were a little group of uh, theological students. We were desperately keen not to lose sight of him. We were in big trouble if we lost sight of him. We hadn't a clue where we were. So we, we keep him in our presence. We always keep sight of him. And he not just guides us, but empowers us, enables us, authorizes us to get to where we need to be. Jesus is the personification of God's presence, God's guidance, God's authority, God's power. I am the way because there's no other way to God the Father but through Jesus. I am the truth because there's no other way to recognize God as Father but by Jesus. I am the life because there is no other way to experience God as Father, but by Jesus. Trust Him because of who He is. Two final comments as I close. Trust Him because of where He's going. Look at uh, verse 3 of chapter 14. Sorry, verse 2. My Father's house has plenty of room. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? He's going back from where He came. 
Do you remember in the great foot washing uh, episode in, in chapter 13, that wonderful line John puts in, Jesus knowing where he'd come from and knowing where he was going, so secure. I think of the Michael and Connie Sinclair as an empty front pew in honour. Uh, of their absence if you can honor an absence but uh, a couple who were with us for almost exactly two years and have now gone back to uh, Atlanta in the States where they came from talking with Michael um, just a few days before they left and the house had packed up and his job was really sort of just winding down here he was just looking forward to going back from where he'd come he, he, he kind of knew the office he'd be going to in the States he knew the house he knew the neighborhood they're going to go back to their church which they used to be members of he, he, he just knew exactly where he was going because he knew where he'd come from. And Jesus, in a sense, he knows the glory of heaven and that's where he's going. That's why we can trust him, because of who he is, the way, the truth, the life, and because of where he's going. And thirdly, finally, we can trust him because of what he promises to do there. He promises to prepare a place for us who trust in him, the way, the truth, and the life. He will make room for us. There'll be a reservation, if you like, ahead of time. And then he promises to return. Look at it in verse 3. I'll come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am, in the presence of the Father, loved by him, indwelt by him, empowered by him, banishing stress, trouble, Loneliness, isolation, because he comes to promise and assure us of a place in heaven, my father's house. The intensification of all that we know that is good of the Christian experience. Trust him because of who he is. Trust him because of where he's going. Trust him because of what he promises to do for us. The antidote for troubled hearts. Trust in Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. Let's have a moment of quiet. Maybe to reflect over these last two terms and the teaching in John, the signs that we've looked at that point to who he is, to the coming kingdom, the I am sayings. I am the light of the world, I'm the gate, I'm the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth and the life. Imagine ourselves lost and bewildered perhaps in a city that we don't know and there's a guide right by us. What should we do? Where should we go? And Jesus says by his spirit to each of our troubled hearts, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Even in this moment of quiet, let's allow ourselves to come to the Father for assurance, for peace, for joy. We offer our lives in Jesus' name. Amen.